Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Thank you so much for everyone who wrote out a thank you card. We had pretty much like the, we're so glad you're here. We had like these City Hill thank you cards done. And we wrote on the back a message to encourage a teacher. So we did 66, so we did enough to cover, we're missing one six to be the Antichrist, but you know, we try and aim for these things. So we got 66, why did that come into my head? And we, we wrote one for every single teacher at Lambeth Academy. So we wrote all these like nice messages, some of them were funny. I think there was one in there that said, you can't see my beard, but if you could, you'd know it's amazing. And so some people chose to do something really funny. Some people chose to write something like really deep and meaningful um, and inspirational. Uh, there was maybe two of those out of the 66, who knows. Uh, but it was, it was good. It was good spirited. And then what happened was I went and bought like a ton of stuff from a mixture of Poundland and M&S. So on the one hand, we had loads of luxury goods in there and then we had tons of fillers. So we got these two like big, nice, sick looking boxes from, um, well three, but in the end I crammed it into two because it was too hard carrying the three to the door. Um, so we crammed it full and I dropped it off there. It was a bit awkward, I'm not gonna lie, because I got it through the door and I went there before the teachers were back because I wanted their first day to come back for them to step in the staff room and just have all this stuff from us and all these cards and that. And I got through the door and no one would come to me. And I'm standing, there's this huge desk and I know I need to get past it to knock on the office window. But you're kind of like, is it appropriate for me to just like slide over a desk and like, hello? You know what I mean? So I stood there for like 10 minutes until the teacher went, what are you doing? Why don't you just jump over the desk? And you're like, oh, died inside. But it was cool, gave it all over. I thought that was the end of it, but I wanted to read to you a couple of emails. One is from Anna, Anna May, who I was kind of talking to about what we wanted to do. She said, thank you so much for your kind gifts for our staff. I've read some of the cards and they were a pleasure to read. Such kind words and thoughts. On behalf of Lambeth Academy staff, we thank you for the gifts and the, and the positive start to the new term. But then someone in Lambeth, one of the teachers, uh, decided to get my email address and put, hello guys, it was a pleasant surprise walking into the staff room at Lambeth Academy this afternoon. Lots of goodies to enjoy. Thank you so much for those wonderful words on the cars. Really meant a lot to be thanked from the outside. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so I was like, for me, like getting a thank you from the person I've liaised with to do it, it's like, that's what you have to do. Like, it's like, you can't not say thank you. It'd be like, you might as well just say the middle, shove your middle finger in my face if you don't do the, the basic, you know what I mean? That's just so standard. But to have a member of staff who has had nothing to do with us or, or talk to us, receive it and then email and say thank you. Like for me, that was like, oh, okay. That was totally worth doing. So I just want to say thank you to you guys because whether you were here that sun, the Sundays we wrote the cards or not, um, all of us together did that and the giving enabled that. So that was a really, really cool, cool thing. And we're looking to build a... Uh, stronger relationship with that school going forward so please pray for creative ideas and ways that we can do that so today we're getting straight into our new series jesus name in jesus name in jesus name is a is a weird one because i feel that often that phrase is only popular in christian culture because we say at the end of a prayer in jesus name amen it's it's kind of like the co-signing on a shopping list you know what i mean you've just come to god with so i thought i would be brutally honest and share with you guys my my shopping list that um, I bring to God fairly, fairly re- on a regs. Um, 
PS4. That one, I'm not too serious about that because uh, my wife doesn't let me play computer games anyway. So I'm just throwing that in. So I don't get to waste my time on any games anyway. So there's no real point in God answering that prayer, which is why he doesn't. Um, that's more Jody than me, the Range Rover. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Although fitting all the stuff needed for two kids in the car we have now is making me go, actually, Lord, I'm gonna start praying for the Range Rover. Um, it's pretty crazy. Life insurance, I don't really mean God do my life insurance, but everything I pray to God about generally connects loosely to life insurance. Like if I'm going for a job interview, I want it to be that life insurance. Just, if this doesn't work out, God, I just want you to catch me at the end of it. You know, when, when you're getting your end of year review, life insurance, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. So that's kind of what I mean. And then there's the dream house. Everyone prays for the dream house. If you've ever prayed, you pray for the home that you want. You do. Even if you're not in a position where you even think you're going to do it, you're still praying about it. Um, spouse, if you're not married, you're praying, Lord Jesus, give me that spouse. Yes, those of you, those of you <laughs> present who are married, you're praying, Lord, give me a better spouse. Hallelujah. Upgrade, <laughs> upgrade my spouse. Lord Jesus, I'm stuck with this person for the rest of my life. Listen, Lord, I pay a lot of money for my phone every month. Once a year, they used to upgrade me. Now it's every two, but this one for life, are you kidding me? Upgrade, please. And there's some of us here who are praying like, Lord Jesus, I want some kids. I need to have some kids. And those of us who have kids are praying, Lord Jesus, upgrade my kids, please. Do something with these kids. Like, they are driving me crazy. Everyone who has ever prayed, even if they have never bought a winning lottery ticket, they have prayed for the winning lottery ticket. I know people who have prayed like, oh, I don't do gambling, I don't buy lottery tickets, but I know we've got all things are possible. You can put a winning lottery ticket right here, right now. And um, everyone's prayed that prayer. If you haven't, I don't believe you've prayed or you just don't live in Western civilized world. You live somewhere else where lottery tickets aren't done. Everyone has prayed for a winning lottery ticket. If you haven't, Either you don't pray or you're a liar. Uh, I think even people who generally don't pray, pray for lottery tickets. Um, fame. Fame's a dirty word in the Christian tradition, so no one really prays to be famous. They change it at prayer meetings. It's like, oh, no, no, I don't want to be famous. Like, I want to be recognized. I want to be recognized for my achievements. I want to be recognized for my gifting. I want to be recognized for what I do. So like, we all want to pray to be famous. If you haven't prayed for a luxury holiday, once again, I think you're a liar. Like, do you know how many times me and Jody have had those moments where you're praying together and at one time where there is, there is agreement in prayer. It's Lord Jesus, we need to get away from this place. We need to get away. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Um, everyone prays for that. I pray for health all the time. Lord Jesus, I want to be healthy. I want my family to be healthy. I have never spent a minute of my life contemplating what healthy food is, what healthy drinks are. I will drink Mountain Dew. I will. I drink coffee. Um, I'll be praying, Lord Jesus, you know, bless this food to our bodies. It's a doner kebab. You know what I mean? I'll be praying all of these things, but I have no sincerity in that prayer because nothing in my life has made any decisions towards a healthy lifestyle. Um, the good park, car parking space right at the bottom, you may not be able to see it hiding behind the chairs. That's not really me but I know that's a common thing for Christians. Not because of spoof videos on YouTube, I have never seen my father burst into spontaneous worship more often than for a good car parking space. The amount of times I've been in a car with my dad growing up as a kid on our way to church, and he would just burst into worship. He would start speaking in tongues because of either a good break in traffic 
or a car parking situation. And that that isn't a joke, that is sincerely, my dad was worshiping from the bottom of his heart about a good car parking space. And then at the end of all of that, it's in Jesus' name. But then here's the funny thing, because those are the things we, well, you may not, you may all be way more spiritual than me, or you just tell people a different thing. So I'm gonna talk about the things we tell people we pray for. We tell people that we pray for revival. Oh yeah, I'm praying for revival in my nation. Yeah, if, if there's, no, there's no Facebook stats, there's no Google analytics for your prayer life, there isn't, they're not there, but God could bring them up, okay? God has the stats for your prayer life, and I guarantee you, you've prayed more times for that holiday than you have for revival, guarantee. You may have done it when you were younger as a teenager, you may have wept, cried your eyes out, had snot everywhere, I did, I had, but I prayed way more for um, a holiday, dream house, um, and good health than I ever have for revival in recent years. The second one is world peace. World peace, we tell people we're praying for world peace. I stopped praying for world peace when I stopped entering into Miss Universe. I mean, when I, when I was done with that, when they wouldn't accept my application, that was it. I wasn't praying for world peace anymore. I prayed for peace in particular regions at particular times when things kick off, but world peace just isn't really on my prayer list. The poor, actually I do pray for the poor, me. I'm pretty poor. <laughs> This, this peasant gets prayed for every now and then. Um, and my poor, poor kids. You're right, Eden. Uh, the struggle's real out here. You're stuck with me, sorry. Um, so, like, I prayed for the poor myself. Peace in Israel. I think I've prayed for that in the single digits. I don't think I've hit double digit. I'm praying for Israel. And I think every time I've prayed for Israel, it's been because a Christian has told me, well, the Bible says you must pray for Israel. And you're kind of like, oh, geez, better pray for Israel. Um, and so that's one of the things that we kind of say, but we don't really do. Um, speed the coming of the Lord. I don't think I've prayed for that very often. Uh, I love that phrase though, speed the coming of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I mean, I've said it at the end of some things as a repetition together as a collective, um, but how often have I really prayed? It's weird. I don't pray for Jesus to speed up his return, yet I have so much stress and anxiety in my life that would be completely gone if he would just come back. But I'm still like, hold up a minute, you know, there's still more for me to do. And when there's still more for me to do, they're all things on this list that have no meaning. They have no meaning. When you talk about it like this, it's funny, but it's actually sad and true. And if we're honest about ourselves, if you think your list is so much better than mine, you maybe need to start consciously listening to what you pray for. I bet there's a few things better than mine, but I bet you still, your list will look quite pagan like mine. Um, so, here's another one that I, we're getting towards my, my biggest hates. So, the Lord to guard my heart. I have seen so many people like, I just want God to just guard my heart, you know? Above all things, I just want the Lord to guard my heart. Like, that is a thing we say all the time. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means. When people ask for that, I don't know what they're saying. And the reason I don't know what they're saying is it could mean anything in what situation, in what circumstance, in every circumstance. Like, guard your heart from what? Like, um, a heart condition, heart disease, um, from, uh, do you mean relationships? You don't want to be heartbroken again? Is that what you mean? Or, or do you mean like, for failure at work or your dream's not coming true? It's so broad. When someone says it to you, you don't actually know what they're talking about. You don't, it's, it's so broad when we talk about it, not necessarily when the scripture talks about it. I think it's a pretty, pretty different ball game, but that's a different sermon. Um, and then there's this one. This one, we're getting to my top two favorite things that we tell people we pray for. Now this one, this one doesn't even make any sense. Everyone has prayed for this at some point. I've gone forward for prayer for this. 
And I don't know about you, I know I never meant it. You guys may be, oh jeez, come out in the name of Jesus. We loose you, that was so funny. So um, I've prayed for this for me, I've gone forth prayer asking for this, I've never actually meant this. You may, I may be the only person here and I, forgive me if I'm just confessing all my stuff and you're gonna sit there and be like, no, I've never done that. Um, but pray for patience. Oh, you know, I just, I just want patience. I've been waiting on the Lord for 20 years now and I just pray that he give me some patience. No, what you really mean is, pray God would hurry the heck up. I have been waiting in this circumstance in my life and I want to transition to the next phase. Tell him to get a move on already. Jeez, patience. Like, don't get me wrong, praying for patience is a good thing, but when people generally ask you to pray for patience, they're not praying for patience. They're praying for haste. They're praying for good speed. They're praying for Jesus to get the heck on with it. And then my last, this is my biggest, this, I, I despise this only because this is just such a big value to me. It's something I care about so much that this really, really matters to me. Um, when people go like, uh, just pray that, I just want to be a witness. I just want to be a witness. You want to be a witness? What, a Jehovah's Witness? Like, like, what kind of witness do you want to be? Witness to a murder, a robbery? You want to be a good witness? You want to spend all those days in court? Like, what do you mean I want to be a witness? I want to be a witness. Pray that I can be a witness. What do you mean pray you to be a witness? Be a witness! Like, that's, that's such a verb thing to do. It's like, you can intentionally think of ways to be a witness. Or, like, when they talk about witness, it's a weird one, because we always tie it to, like, the gospel and to Jesus and, it, and, and his crucifixion. If that's the case, then it's kind of like, sorry, love, you're a little bit late. Like, you know, kind of 2,000 years plus late. You've missed it. <laughs> it happened. It was there. Like we're always praying to be a witness. So these are the things we tell people that we pray for. And when we tell people that we pray for these things, we use loaded language that's for our, our subculture that kind of gets us kind of like approval ratings within that culture. And so often we're disingenuous. And actually, if we're honest, some of the spiritual things we say we pray for are just as disingenuous as the things we pray for here. The reason that's a really big deal is we then put at the end of it in Jesus' name, which is a crazy thing to do because the way we use in Jesus' name in our prayer life is actually we use his name to do everything we can possibly as a wedge to keep us away from Jesus. Do, do you see that? Do you see how praying for all these things, the majority of the time, is really a wedge? And praying for the things I've listed, which they sound like really, really holy things, but half the time the agenda and the driver of why we're saying these things is more for approval rating within the sphere of the prayer group rather than for the actual root and the driver behind it and for the passion for Jesus. And so we've kind of reduced in Jesus' name also to like a magic formula. And we've done that for some crazy reasons. So we're gonna look at two passages where Jesus talks about asking for things in his name because it's really key that we get a perspective on this because actually I believe that today what we're talking about, if we grab a hold of it, will change the direction for some of us in our lives by a huge number of degrees, but for others, it will change the, the life course by, the, by like one degree. Some of us, it might even be 0.5 degrees. What we need to know is, when you head at 0.5 degrees over a long distance, you end up a heck of a long way away from the place that you aimed at before. So what we're talking about today is incredibly important because although it may only move how you see your faith and how you see and do things a little bit, that little bit is moving it into a powerful connection to the divine. So what we're talking about today is we're talking about connecting with God and we're talking about moving into a realm where what we ask for actually gets answered. It's a totally different thing and it's not the magic formula. We've reduced in Jesus' name to a magic formula. 
because what happens is we go like this. We just have a life verse. That's what we're talking about, a life verse. No one has a life passage. It's always a life verse. So you get out of a life, life verse like John 14 verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do and the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Range Rover. In Jesus' name. The, 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 the Son may be glorified in the Father. He ain't getting my whip. How's he getting glorified? You know what I mean? Like, am I really? Oh, yeah. I'll, here's the one, the dream house. The dream house is always the best one with Christians. Whenever I've been in a prayer group where we've been praying for someone to get a particular home of a particular size, the thing that's always said is like, I would have so many missionaries come over and stay. Oh, my days. And every time I hear that in a prayer group, all I can think is, can someone pass the shotgun? Because I want to blow my brains all over this wall. Because... Every time I've seen someone, we prayed for it and they've got the house that they dreamed of, I've been counting down the days till the missionary stays there and I've never seen it happen. Never. I'm 33 years of age. I've been hearing it since I was little and I've never seen it happen. Ever. And that's a lot of houses in my time. And uh, it would, it's funny, but it's also heartbreakingly sad because it, it's, it's a, we try and con the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, if you gave me this house. Mm-mm. <laughs> Now missionaries I'd have over here, you know, to do your work. And those missionaries are still waiting in those countries going, man, I'd love to get in the UK sometime if only someone would have me. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel of the Range Rover. He, is it? Oh, yeah, that's why the Lord loves it then. It's top of his list. Jeez, yeah, got to keep, the, got to keep those hands warm. Because when they're warm and you pray for people, you've got those warm, healing hands. You, oh, Jesus, oh, I shouldn't even be, I don't know why I'm a preacher, I shouldn't be doing this. So this is, this is, this is, the, this is the, the memory verse, it's how we look at it, but let's read what happens. So John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life is the title of that section. Let not your heart, which is a giveaway, <laughs> let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would, have told, I would I have told you to go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where, you, uh, where I am, you may be also, and that you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me? That's a great question for all of us praying in Jesus' name as a magic formula. How long have we been with him and we still don't know him? And yet we want to drop his name. We're like guys writing fake checks. And the bank in heaven is going, what? Who signed this? Are you kidding me? Jesus never signed this off. You guys are crazy. And that's what it's like. And that's what Philip's saying. Like, show us the Father. He says, do you not believe that I and the Father is in me? I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I haven't been saying this stuff of my own authority and initiative, but that the Father says who dwells in me and does his works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So he's been talking about the Father abides in him. He's pointed out a picture that he doesn't do or say things he doesn't see his Father say or do. And then the call for us is to get in line in his lane 
and move in what he's doing. And the context is they will do my works and they will do greater works because they're in his lane. And when you're in his lane doing his works, asking to do the things that he is doing, that's where he says, ask in my name. I'm there. I'm with you. I'll do it. I'll give it. I'll grant access. And, 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 and just by going, I will house missionaries, doesn't make that into his lane. Um, I'll give someone a lift to church once every month in my range. It doesn't put it in his lane. It doesn't. I wish it did. I totally wish it did because I would do that. Gladly. It doesn't do it. And then we don't want fame. Lord, I don't want fame. I, I just want to be, I just want to be, I just want to be, I want to be recognized. Mm. But he wants you to be recognized in him and in his actions and in his lane and in his speech and in his, in, in his deeds. He wants me to, he wants us to, together. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, this is John 15 verse 7. This is the other one that gets thrown around. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Whatever you wish. Jeez. Whatever you wish. Like there are people out there who wish to make it rain in the club. Is Jesus answering that in his name? No. It's whatever they wished, but it ain't happening. Not in his name, not in his watch. You've got to read the context. Once again, John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So even if you're in his lane and you're going for it, there are days he cuts it back. And you're like, geez, are you for real? Are you kidding me? Pruning, this isn't nice. I had that. That bit was blossoming. That was great. But there's prunings. But even those guys who are in his lane, let are those the ones who aren't that it may bear more fruit. So sometimes when you think you've taken a back step, it's not a back step, it's getting you ready to bear more fruit. And that's never pleasant being pruned, but it's creating the space for more fruit. But if we don't get pruned, we'll never create space for more fruit. So just because, it's not always like plain sailing that like, oh, I'm in his name, everything goes great. No, you're in his name, you're gonna get pruned. And that's not easy, that's tough and that's painful. I hate being pruned, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But if I wanna bear more fruit, I've gotta take what God is doing. And, every, and already you have, you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're talking about anything and now there's nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified again. Oh, geez, the way that just opened up. Glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in that love. Don't stray from that love. He's like, I'm loving you. We're in this vein. We're in this together. I'm supplying you. You need to stay in that love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, 
that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So Jesus is saying he's going to supply. Jesus is saying that you ask anything anything you wish and all that, but it's all in the vein of being in the vine. So when it comes to asking God for anything, it's about being in the vein of being in the vine. It's never this, this shopping list that I embarrassingly keep on bringing time and time and time again. It's about aligning ourselves with him. But the reason why we need not only to abide in the vine, but it's actually he talks about pruning, but actually there's a, there's a bigger issue I want to look at, which is in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read a passage now that Paul writes, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written? For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. So we're to abide in God. We're supposed to abide in Christ because He's in the Father and the Father's in Him and He wants to be in us and us in Him. And then He wants to work through us and He says to abide in His love. And Paul says, none of these things can separate us from His love that we're to abide in them. They can't separate us. But what he does is he, he brings up a topic of conversation which is so unbelievably interesting and you can miss it because what he quotes for, he says, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That's from Psalm 44. And the reason why it matters that that is on Psalm 44 is because what Psalm 44 is all about is it about, is it about a people of Israel who this psalm is written asking God some questions and some shots fired to him because unlike the other times they've suffered, they've just been in battle and they've lost. And now that they've lost, they're going, hey God, you know what? We hadn't turned away from you. Hey, you know what, God? We were faithful to you. Hey, you know what, God? We, we weren't in some time where we weren't taking you seriously, where we weren't on your mission, we weren't abiding in you, we weren't with you, and we just lost. What do we do with that, God? Because you know what? It wasn't our action, it was your inaction. And then they go, hey, we are being slaughtered like sheep for your sake. And they drop that bomb there. And so when Paul is, is raising this agenda and when Paul is, is dropping this line, it's a crazy one, but it's one that's so current for them at this time because within the church, they're facing persecution and people are being killed. And in the Roman Empire, Christians were used as lampposts set on fire to light the streets. And he is speaking to them and he's bringing this up and he's going, no, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror's through him who loved us and that we abide in his love and that even death, nothing can separate us from his love and that what he answers with and what he gives to us transcend 
any of the values here because you get this and straight away it goes down in value. You get this, there'll be a PS5 and PS6. You get this life insurance, you're not there to enjoy it. You get this dream house and um, it will go down in value if the currency of that country crashes. Um, kids, oh geez, I don't even want to get started. Winning the lottery, you can win the lottery. What happened, we were talking about this on the way here. There was a guy who won, the, the first person to win a, a significant large amount of the lottery in the UK, 18 million pounds, he's dead. And he died penniless in his 60s. He left his wife, he ended up spending it on prostitutes and all these other things. He wasted it all away and he, he, he died. He died of a, a urine infection, they were saying, that got out of hand. Um, and he died of good living. Living the good life, they said. The good life. Oh, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? You get the winning lottery ticket, it doesn't mean you win in life. And what life? And then fame. What was it? Um, what's his name? Russell Brand. He said fame. He said it's like ashes in my mouth. Ashes in my mouth. You can get that luxury holiday. Let me tell you, there's an eternal one. <laughs> Sign me up for that. You want good health? Eternal never fading away. A good parking space? Well, hey, he's prepared a place for you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, but the question that you and I have is the same one that the, they had and they raised in the Psalms. Hey, you know what? There are days, God, I've got it all going straight. I've got it all down the line. And why am I getting kicked in the nuts? Why is that happening right now? And Paul just says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us because I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus I want to read a, a final post and then I'm going to pray and, and kind of end it there because the Jewish people are still seeing that verse in that very same way and in 2014 there were three Jewish boys from a school in America that were, that were killed. Dear students, parents, alumni, faculty and friends, by now you have most likely heard the tragic news about our three dear brothers. As I'm sure it is true of most of us, I have no words to adequately express my feelings at this time. I am therefore sharing with you a letter written by um, Rabbi, I'm never going to pronounce his name, um, the Rosh Yeshiva of our sister school, which two of these boys attended. May the brief families and all indeed all of us be comforted among the mourners. Dear friends, I have just learned that the bodies of our three boys have been found. My heart, my heavy heart, is with the families. All this has come upon us, yet we have not forgotten thee. Neither have we been forced to thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back. Neither have our steps declined from thy path. Though thou hast crushed us into a place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death, these boys, our boys, have died simply because they are Jews. Nay, for thy sake, we are killed all day. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. We cannot just light a candle and say a prayer. It is up to us now to live our lives, to sanctify God through our deeds and our lives. The word chaim is plural because it contains both good and the bad. It is up to us to go on. Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Psalm 47, with the words of the rabbi. You only have words like that and you only have comfort like that when you believe you are more than conquerors. Those things only really make sense in that context because more than conquerors isn't about living the abundant, your best life now. If it's your best life now, what the heck is eternity? 
this will never be your best life now. I want to live the best life I can now, but this is not my best life now. My hope transcends the grave. My hope transcends everything that can happen to me in this life, here and now. We are more than conquerors, just like Abraham had an impossible situation of not being able to have kids. God was able to provide the impossible because he was in his will. Joseph was a dreamer who ended up in prison with no hope and no opportunities at a dead end, but he saved nations from starvation because he was walking in the will of God. Moses was a guy who started at the top, now we hear at the bottom. In slavery, with hopes his people would one day be free, never believing they'd be achieved while he walked on the side of a mountain in a dead-end job in a supermarket suite, because that's the equivalent of being a shepherd in those times. But he walked in the steps of his God, and he delivered two million-plus slaves, an entire ethnicity, and made them free. David was a little boy his own dad didn't even remember out in the fields. When someone had turned up to look for a king, he was forgotten. Yet he took on the dentist man of the Bible with a couple of stones and a kid's slingshot for looking after sheep. A man who faced lions, a man who faced bears, a man who led a nation to the greatest period it had ever known. They all received provision for the impossible because they were all in his name. They abided in him, abiding Christ even more abide in Christ and receive more than you could ever hope, dream, ask or imagine. I'm going to pray for us and end that there today. Father, I thank you that in your name means far more than we could ever hope or dream. Yet we use it, we use it like it's the way you sign off a letter, the way we sign off our shopping list, when actually it's something that treads on the most sacred and divine path. It is, an, it is a name and it is a thing that we can say in the darkest of times, in the best of times, in all circumstances, knowing that if we are stepping and abiding in you and in your love, you will deliver us because your name means salvation. May you provide salvation for us in what we face now in our lives, but in the ultimate context of eternity, Lord. And may we be agents of your name for the sake of other people's salvation, that we will continue to move in all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.